You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. This is the time for teams to prove if they're contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Vendors, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Welcome back to another episode of Habs Nightly. Unfortunately, Mason was not able to make it today, but that's okay. We have a guest lined up, and hopefully it's something you guys really enjoy. Uh, it's our buddy Michael Farles from the Hockey Podcast Network. He is the affiliate for the Oilers, which is the Rig Rats podcast. So if you guys like Connor McDavid, please check him out. But you guys know what's going on. Unfortunately, uh, there's no games this week, including, if I'm not mistaken, going into the Sunday-Ottawa game. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Sunday. But, yeah, uh, so we all know the drill. There's not much going on with the Habs, and this is truthfully another tough break for us. We've already experienced what an entire week off of hockey does to this team. Um, But under Ducharme, maybe things will be a little bit different. We got the monkeys off our back in the last game, winning a shootout. Definitely was so much better to have a win in the luscious blue jerseys. Not only that getting a final first OT victory, putting us one, one and nine. And Mesa would definitely laugh at that. But uh, we do have a bit of news, you know. So sadly, I'm going to keep it short because I still want Mason to have his input on this. But Jordan Harris is not going to be joining the Habs uh, in the off in his offseason from college. He is going to stay at Northeastern. As far as Cole Caulfield, still no news because Caulfield – this weekend is going to be participating in the NCAA hockey tournament. Hopefully Wisconsin makes it to the frozen four. I have them pitted uh, making it to the semifinals against North Dakota. And we'll see who, who pulls that off. Hopefully Wisconsin does. I'd love to see more coverage of Cole Caulfield. And really, you know, as a Habs fan, I think we all know that we just want to see this guy succeed and make us look like we have the next coming of Jesus. Uh, Like I said, like I previously stated, you know, we've already, by the time you guys are hearing this, this would be two games that we've missed, but the Oilers 
and Habs games have uh, has been put on hold, postponed. Now, you know, granted, I don't really see where we can recover these games, but hopefully we can find a, a chance to. We're actually sitting in the in our division right now with only 31 games played. Uh, closest teams will be Winnipeg and Toronto with 32 games, but uh, Vancouver has 36. So hopefully that's really good for us. And that's something we're definitely going to go into uh, when you guys hear the interview. Before we get into that, I just want to state that I hope you guys know, I'm sure you guys know there's not much going on. So all you're doing is really just looking for anything uh, Habs related news. But Joel Armia did test positive for the coronavirus. I'm not sure. I still believe KK did not, but because he was in, in contact with him, he's forced to join the quarantine as well. Um, we do go into this in the interview, but uh, I do think that I do commend the league for actually postponing this week. I know it's going to be tough on us, but as far as the North division, they've really shown, you know, it's, it's almost as if the bubble uh, continued with the North Division. No COVID up until this date in the Scotia North Division. So that was really great for us. But I think it's really smart for them to to contain it as they did. We're past the, this half mark of the season. And why, you know, why hurt a team, especially this late in the game and, and accidentally we could see something like, you know, what was going on with New Jersey, you know, losing so many players and it really affected both teams. So, you know, it is a tough, it's been a tough week for us, but I think this was the right, this was the right thing to do. And um, shit, maybe you guys think differently and <laughs> you guys don't see it that way, but that's okay. I'll take it as is, but uh, I truthfully think that this is for the best for us. It also, like stated in the interview, uh, this is a great week off. It gives Tyler Toffoli uh, a chance to recover without missing any any further games and see if we can get him back in the lineup. I believe we'll be playing Toronto uh, once this is once this week is done. No, I'm sorry. We would be going into Tuesday's game against Ottawa. So we would postpone the Sunday game against Ottawa, like I said. And then uh, our first game back will be the following Tuesday against Ottawa, which is a definite definite win. We need them in. We need to make a a move on Ottawa as well. We need all the points that we can get. With Vancouver being one game behind us, um, in point in points right now with thirty five to our thirty seven, I still think that we're we're going to be the ones who benefit out of that because the thirty six games in with thirty one. We have two amazing goalies right now, even though uh, Jake Jake Allen is not getting as much coverage was as much net why coverage you know as much as much net time as Carey Price, but I definitely still think he's very capable when we put him in. And poor Vancouver, well, not poor in our sense. It's really just been the the Thatcher Demko show, as Braden Holpe has really. Maybe it's just a year's decline, you know, such a lot of stuff had gone on, new team, new new atmosphere, excuse me, COVID and all of that. But uh, their loss is our benefit right now as, you know, the, the race in front of us is getting tighter. You have the Oilers and Toronto at 42 points as of, as of this moment with, I believe, Toronto with a game in hand on the Oilers. But right behind them, just two points back is – um, the Winnipeg Jets. So I still think we have a, a guaranteed shot. I'm still very much trumping on our 15 OT losses 
you know, to help us squeak into the playoffs. But I still see this team making the playoffs and that should help all of us considered, you know, especially with the fear of Mark Bergevin, you know, exiting if we do not make it. I still think this team is strong enough to make the difference and only time will tell. But folks, let's just go straight into the interview. All right, Habs fans, we got our uh, our guest, as mentioned. We're going to bring on Michael Farley in just a second. Uh, really good friend of mine, especially last season. I was kind of in limbo before me and Mason got together and created uh, the unification of Habs Nightly. But uh, Michael had, had me on like four or five times on the Dallas Stars podcast. And uh, let's just bring him in. My old friend from Florida, Michael Farley, how are you, bud? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's it's good to be back. And it was definitely more than four or five. You were <laughs> the most requested, most listened to guest on my podcast last season. You probably you were probably pushing 10, uh, 10 appearances last that last, which is good because um, not too far behind was a uh, Tom from Blue Notes podcast. Blue Notes. So. But you were definitely number one on that list. So it's it's a blast to be talking to you and nice to be on your show for once. Yeah, uh, it's it's totally awesome. I remember last season, all kinds of shit had went down and basically Farley kept my career going instead of just going in hibernation until until New Jersey was taken over by me and Shane. But uh, Farley definitely kept me <laughs> kept me doing some work Uh but it's really great to have you on again, and I'm so happy. Uh, I believe we had – I was on your podcast earlier this season. Uh, yes, you were. Took over for the Oilers for the THPN Network. We got you as, I believe, the Rink Rats? The, the Rig Rats. The Rig, rig Rats. rats rig Rats. Yep. Love it. You know, the Oilers, they skate through the oil rig, the big mm-hmm. oil rig at the beginning of games. So that was that was the, the motivation for that one. I love it. And uh, I always love the Oilers because uh, – not not just because of the team's just amazing uh, and just, you know, in the past and right now they're just ridiculous. But uh, it always kind of hit home. Louisiana's got a lot of oil fields. So it's like, especially you showed me right before we started the old, I think it's the 2006, 2007 mm-hmm. uh, old logo. And I always thought that if like Louisiana could like steal a logo, it would be that one because we, I mean, we even have the Louisiana drillers, which is like a, a youth team that has like, you know, the drillers and it's, it's well, pretty for, tight for uh, for a long time. The um, AHL affiliate for the Oilers was the Tulsa Oilers. Um, yeah, I remember that. With the hard yeah, hat. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the guy working working the oil. So um, they definitely like to pick areas that have uh, you know like a little bit of a little bit of oil history because Oklahoma is definitely known for for oil and gas and that sort of thing as well. Right. Very sick. Uh, I figured it'd have something to do with like. Uh beef or something you know like <laughs> yeah team. honestly alberta and and, <laughs> and and that whole area is sort of the the midwest of canada so it definitely makes sense for sure absolutely uh and folks just just to reiterate poor mason is at work right now he'd love to be here so this is going to be one of the most interesting episodes one because there's really nothing to talk about and uh we're looking at a week-long break and we've already experienced one and i guess this will start with our questions michael is uh have the Oilers had an entire week break, and how do you feel that'll uh, either help or mess up the momentum of this team right now? Well, so they had um, a little bit of a mandatory break between. It wasn't a full week long, I don't think, mm-hmm. but they had they had a mandatory break between. Um, they had lost three games in a row to uh, the Leafs, um, and 
I love you teeing me up for my next question. Instantly. Yes. So they were, <laughs> we, we were a little disappointed coming off of that. We had a couple days break and then we were able to get back on the horse. And I felt like they, they have obviously come out of that quite hot. They've won. Um, I think they've won like six of their seven games since then. Um, so they've been really hot since then, which has been nice. Um, I was hoping they would have been able to play these games um, keep the little bit of the momentum rolling into the Habs team that we haven't really seen much this season, only played them twice. So uh, there's not a ton of bad blood here between, or I think three times. So there's not a ton of bad blood between the Oilers and the Habs, you know, like there might be between the Leafs or the Flames who they've played a lot more this season already. Um, so I was hoping to continue that momentum. Unfortunately, this break obviously shuts us down for a little bit and sucks. And so now we have to see if the Oilers are going to be able to take this break and focus up for uh, two pretty intense games versus Toronto. And they haven't played Toronto since they lost to him three times in a row. So I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, I know in recent past they've come out of breaks a little bit more slow, maybe a little bit more sloppy defensively. Um, and against the Leaf team, I'm not really sure if that that's the best strategy. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out of the break. But it's definitely um, it's made this week for me a lot more boring. Not watching any hot, not watching as much hockey. I'll say that. Right. I've I've had to lean on second favorite, third favorite teams to kind of keep my mind in a, in a hockey mindset. But um... I'm just so used to watching the post games and then talking about like, <laughs> like sports and stuff like that. And now the post games are like, or right now all the interviews that are coming out are just asking them about practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like that, that, that famous, that famous basketball clip, man, we're talking about practice, man, <laughs> you know? So like, it's just, it's not as important. So it's been, it's been hard. Uh, I, I miss it. I'll say that um, it, with COVID, hitting and stopping hockey and now hockey's returned it's been really nice to have it back so you know it's one of those things that it stopped again and it's like oh, oh no yeah right. so i i want i want to have all the hockey i can, I can have because as we've seen we don't know if it could just stop at mm -hmm. any moment yeah and and for this division it's it's been so amazing oh it, it's as if COVID has not even appeared yeah you know, we've it been hasn't. very lucky um, we've been very lucky so with that with that being said it's not really my next question but just to go off of that a little bit um how do you feel about the league deciding to actually postpone the entire week just because two players got it whereas the u.s side of it they would have just had those guys quarantine and continue playing the game i think this is you know my opinion this is probably as aggravating it is as for fans and you know for the momentum of both teams this is probably the best way to go about it because then you know, uh, KK, who did not test, if I'm still correct, did not test positive. It was just Yoel Armia, but KK being someone that was around him a lot uh, automatically got put into that for, list. For the Oilers fans listening to this, that's Kotkaniemi, correct? Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much easier. We have there's so many KKs, TTs, top tits, all that, uh, <laughs> JAs, but – um, but yeah, so I think truthfully, like as, as tough as it is for us, because we've already experienced an entire week off, which was supposed to be there in case of this type of thing happening. But the problem is, is that we've already blew through that entire week. But uh, I think it was a smart move by the league to actually postpone the week. That way we don't see any mess up with the oldest teams getting COVID 
and it's just spreading overall. I think it was just a better it was a better run for both of us. I'm definitely glad they caught it beforehand. I mean, we've seen with some of the U.S. teams what's happened when they caught New it. New Jersey, yeah, seventeen. Yeah. Not God to, not, sitting. <laughs> not to point any fingers or anything like that, but uh, we saw a little bit what that what happens on the flip side of that. So I think that shutting it down early. Um, I was more surprised that they shut down all three games. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the first game uh, that, that was shut down maybe like 15 minutes before we the game was supposed to start um, was shut down. Obviously, they don't play that game. Um, I was a little bit surprised they shut down the Wednesday game, but I understood it. But then I was very surprised that they shut down the third Friday game. Um, I, I definitely thought that they might let them play that one. Uh, I get why they're not. It's frustrating for fans, but I'm not going to complain too much when it's, you know, it's for the health and safety of the players. So right. I'm not going to be like, oh, why aren't they playing? You know, so I, I guess I'll I'll let them be safe, I, you know. Yeah. And I mean, with us going, you know, basically we're, we're past the halfway mark um, and with no COVID in the north until now, it almost is like we might as well postpone it. That way, you know, this doesn't become a habit. Maybe we can knock it and it's it's basically everything they could have done in the bubble. They're just doing it in Canada uh, again, which is, I truly commend them for that. That's really nice. Um, But I guess we'll move on to my next question. You had talked up the Oilers a little bit. We haven't seen you guys a lot, but you guys have definitely faced the Oilers a bit. Um, But right now you guys, uh, you have 22 games left. If these games continue to be postponed and move to a later date, um, you're actually tied right now, 42 points with the Oilers. Um, with the How Leafs. Do you... With the Leafs. Jesus. With the Leafs. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at it, your entire background. Fucking yeah, old I everything. know. I, it's I'm just getting mm-hmm. sucked in. <laughs> I get it. I get but, it. Um, so with Toronto having, having the lead and you guys are, I think they might have a game in hand on y'all. Yeah, I do. Honestly, the, that is the one upside for the Oilers from this that I think is that the Oilers had a bit of a lead on most of the other teams in the division in games played. Mm -hmm. So if anything, this will allow Toronto and Vancouver and Calgary to catch up in their games played. So, you know, the Oilers aren't sitting at that. Oh, well, they've they're here, but everyone else has three games in hand. So the standings could shake out a little bit. I like, I like knowing how the standings are going to shake out a little bit. So this lets some people catch up and the Oilers, you know, then are able to maybe, run a cleaner race to the finish i guess right and uh with us because that that entire week we kind of have already dealt with that we've uh sat in the back and let everything kind of unfold in front of us yeah it kind of puts us in in a way it put us back a little bit but at the same time now we can watch things unfurl in front of us and really you could see which games are going to be the most important all games are very much important but we're getting a chance to, you know, keep our eyes on, on the league, or at least on this division, a little bit, a little bit better. But um, back to that question: Do you think that the Oilers, with the momentum pre, I guess pre week off, um, was that momentum? You know, have the, have they been playing well enough that you think they can squeak off this Toronto team, who's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, has been having a, a tough go of it, four losses out of the last ten. So if you look at what happened so they played three really good games versus Edmonton and mm-hmm. they smothered them the way they yeah. were smothered they didn't do anything and I think my theory is the Leafs had those three games 
circled on their calendar. They got up and out of they got out of bed every day prepping for those three games for the Oilers for a while. And so they came in and then they probably played the three best, most prepared games of hockey. The Toronto, that Toronto Maple Leafs team has ever played, you know, within, in the last like two years. And I, I think they, they beat us. I think that one, we are playing better hockey just in the last week. We've won. uh, We had like a comeback win. We had a big blowout win um, over the flames. And then we had like a tight, uh, one goal win. So we, we've been winning a lot of different ways. Um, I think we're a more confident team. Um, we have a lot of our pieces clicking and Toronto after beating us, those three have, they've, they have the worst record other than Buffalo. Um, right. <laughs> in the league right now. So, so I think that in terms of trajectory, we're moving in opposite directions. You know, after that three games series, everyone was like, oh, there's the first place. There's the North mm-hmm. Division. Toronto's running away with it. And now we've come back and we've, we're tied with, for, with first uh, with them. So I think this is a beatable Leafs team. And I don't think the Oilers are going to get, get it pulled over on them like they did. Because I definitely don't think they were as prepared for the Leafs as the Leafs were for them. And I think they were just caught off guard with the amount of preparation and the style of game that they played in those three. Um, Cause if, if you're able to allow Michael Hutchinson to get a, get a shutout, I don't think it's on the actual merit of Michael Hutchinson playing amazing. I think it's more on the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs came in and played a really structured defensive style of hockey that smothered McDavid and dry for three games. But I don't think you can do that for a fourth or a fifth. Right. I like that. I like how you put that. Um, also, you got you got Winnipeg, just two points, literally just one win behind you guys. Um, but I like how you put that, that Toronto was definitely it, – it, it seems like they had circled these and, you know, knew that these were very important games and almost as if Toronto felt like the, the number one problem in this division was going to be the Edmonton uh, Oilers and tried to take advantage of it the best way they can. But I remember um, – I mean, shit, just up until this week, everyone was – you know, a lot of a lot of North North Division watchers were super big on Toronto just just taking taking a run with it. And I'm sorry, but this is this has become a very close uh, a close run again. You know, um, I know Montreal is sitting at 37, but you know, one to three is you know one game. You know, one game can change that for for both teams. Well, all three teams, but. Um, I don't know. It's just been, you know, a lot of people have been shitting on the North division, but I think this has been one of the most exciting divisions where we're definitely uh, one to four has been a very tight, a tight packed. And then, uh, well, you Vancouver's see the, your, your Habs are, your, are clinging on to that, that four spot after coming out blazing hot here at the beginning. Do you, you feel confident they're going to be able to hold on to that four spot? Cause I'm going to tell you why we're going to hold the, on to the four spot. All right. All right. I listen, I, I will, I want to kick the flames while they're down here a little bit for sure. But you know, there's some other teams. Like I think, I think Vancouver, you know, and it hurts me to say it. I think Calgary's still they're They're clawing at you guys. They're, they're right behind you. How are you feeling? Um, you know, I would say I'm, I'm a little nervous, but uh, we're going in a great direction. We got, we got a new coach. We got a new goalie coach, uh, Stefan Waite, who is, who's helped like, so many just like I wouldn't say problematic goalies, but like uh, he's worked with Briskalov and helped him turn his stuff around back in the day. Um, even though that guy was just a freak and had a mind of his own, but um, I think Kerry Price is really he's been working well with him. Kerry Price has definitely been getting a lot more um, plays. I mean, if you if you haven't noticed as of late, I think he's played just about 
every fucking game since <laughs> since uh Julian has has left this team. But uh Ducharme has really helped us out. Uh, our power play is looking a lot better. But the reason why we're sticking around and it's it's a super sore spot. But I actually, you know, I think it's definitely what's saving us is that it was nine OT losses. If we can't beat you in regulation, you're not going to beat us in regulation. We're going to force the OT and we're going to, you know, take the loser's point, as Shane would say, uh, the sense uh, sends our. But uh, that loser's point is keeping us 100 percent. And I believe we're looking at most of these, we're about three, three games behind everybody except for Winnipeg, who's only up one game on us. So in Toronto, but um, I think that's a big factor for us too, is that we've already, we're dealing with a 14 day break at this point. Um, and it's really going to benefit us watching, watching everything unfold and see where we really, these games are all becoming very important for us. The week that we took off, not this one, but the previous one forced every single game to go, I believe we might not have more than two days off. So uh, this is such a crunch time. Uh, I think it was Jeff Petrie. They stated that this was probably like the toughest schedule that they had to face because there's, there's no breaks. And uh, I guess this would be a grace period for us because I'm not sure what's going on with the Edmontons as far as like injuries and stuff like that. But this one week is super beneficial for us because we have um, Talis Foley was out with a lower body injury and a lot of people were saying it was his pelvic region because he's just fleecing Vancouver but um uh, I think that's really great hopefully by the end of the week we you know we could see some positivity coming back and getting our you know unstoppable (laughs) offensive scorer back but um I think I think truthfully that this OT I say it every time I'm on the podcast I think we're going to end the season with like 15 OT losses. And that is literally going to just send us right into the playoffs. And we need I a mean, playoffs. You, you've basically, you've basically got like three whole wins combined there with, <laughs> with, with the amount of OT losses you're sitting on. And it's crazy because Mason said, cause we just, we just came off of our first OT win, which was just glorious. You know, this was definitely like what we needed. We needed to get that monkey off of our back. But uh, Mason had pointed, he was like, look, if we would have had, had won th- just three of the OT games, we would be sitting uh, 42 points, I believe. So we, it, it, this division would have been even more of a, a locked-in position uh, against these four teams battling out. But I definitely don't see us really leaving the fourth spot. I think our, our goalies are really top-notch right now. Carey Price is definitely feeling it. wouldn't say he's 2015 feeling it, but he's back. We have very capable uh, backup in Jake Allen. Vancouver has Demko, and that is truthfully it. And Calgary has Markstrom. (laughs) Well, shout out to Calgary for losing to Ottawa again tonight. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty great. Look, man, uh, I'm not going to lie. Ottawa is a super tough team to play. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about from a perspective. We're 7-0 and versus maybe. <laughs> I always say that the uh the Ottawa is 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 the wild card. Like they will do anything for a win. They play just the the I wouldn't say the dirtiest hockey because they, they're not really playing dirty. They're just playing with a big chip on their shoulder and they're gonna play grid and they're gonna play very nasty against you. And if you're a team trying to get the rhythm back, they're gonna smother that, you know, that Waffle House Southern style smothered and covered defense and just destroy everything we're looking forward to to taking away from an Ottawa series, you know. 
Yeah, Oilers have been walking into Ottawa and walking out some pretty happy people. But it's funny, you, you've been talking about the overtime points there. The Oilers are on the flip side of that. They're 21-13-0. We don't have a single ridiculous. overtime loss. And at this point, I believe we actually only have one overtime win. We've only been past regulation once. So you're either destroying uh, teams or We're either losing. winning or we're losing. Um, there's even been a couple. We... Um, uh, right at versus Winnipeg earlier this season, we were playing them and we, we scored with like four seconds left to win the game. Um, so like we've just been pull and, but we also had it go the flip side. We've lost a lot of one goal games just right down to the wire. And we can't, we can't bring them back and that sort of stuff. So it's been interesting. Um, and I, I you know, I don't know. Would you rather a bunch, a bunch of overtime losses or, to to you know boost your point totals or would you rather the flat win loss record i mean shit dude i think i'd rather the win loss record but uh i mean last season we we even kidded when i first joined with mason on halves nightly that it was just like these ot's are, are really pushing us in the right direction and um i would prefer i prefer um i prefer just the win loss not too many, not too many OTs, because at at that point we we could at least believe that we were powerful on on the in overtime or the shootout, but um, I don't know. I, I think that one's a tough one as a as a fan watching this series go down. We've definitely been the comeback kids as of late. Just uh, that OT. I don't care how how high that number gets. That's only that's only benefiting us at this point. Uh, you know, either either almost a. a, a a successful positive or just a that's a that's a decent point you know but yeah. uh, I, I do have one more question uh and it's obviously Connor McDavid um because <laughs> we talked about him last episode his last like five games he's had 10 points and I think four four goals um it might have changed no it hasn't because you guys haven't fucking played because we haven't um but just looking yeah, at that, that right thanks for that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry that we're cooling him off, but it's benefiting us. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take the rest. Run. I'll take the rest. In the long run, run. be honest. But um, so Mason brought it up to me. He's he's already at 62. I mean, he's at 60 points at like 23 games or some ridiculously wild shit like that. And I just 34. Correct. Sorry. Uh, and I just want to know, like, how do you feel about him locking in? the heart like do you feel like he's got a chance to run away with it and i mean at this point you might as well say the art ross as well so i i think here's the thing Connor david's the best player in the nhl um and a lot of people like to overlook the fact that he's the best player and they try and put other people in the same tier as say it say his name all right (laughs) austin matthews all right i'll go as far and this might make people even a little bit more mad i'll go even far uh nathan mckinnon Mm. are unreal elite elite players Connor McDavid's in another level. All right. It's, it's another tier of player um, that there's just, there's no equal. Uh, it's a joy to watch him every night. The fact that he's on the Oilers, he's on my team is just unfair. Um, like you see it in, in games where we have no business 
being in it. And uh, he just, he gets the puck and then it's in the net red light. Um, it is he. So a lot of people in media have been saying, Oh, you know, well, maybe he shouldn't win the heart. And there's all these other people that are more valuable to their team. The, um, one, the defensive strides in his game this season have been really impressive for the style of game he plays. Um, the fact that he's even able to adapt and add that defensive element to his game this season has been incredible. He's on points to put up over a hundred points in a 56 game pace, which is just ungodly. Um, so, I mean, there's not, there's, we could sit here all night and talk about Connor McDavid. Um, I think people need to remember how good he is. And this man's in a lock for the heart. He, everyone was like, you know, you know, Matthews, he could score 50 and 50 goals. Always oh, at, he's at 21. He's the best goal scorer in the league right now. And <laughs> then Connor McDavid just terminator sprinted after that goal scoring league. And now he's tied with it. So like, don't ever think McDavid's out of the race. Like don't ever, don't bet against Connor McDavid. Cause he really is the terminator. It, like he just, he is unstoppable. Um, and it wouldn't be surprised me if he walks away with the Richard. It, he could walk away with, you know, uh, a cart full of trophies. That being said, I think he would trade in all of those trophies for the, the big one at the end. Um, that's what he's after. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he's, he's the best player on planet Earth right now. And, I, you know, all praise to him and, and all that stuff. I love it. And I was one of those stupid people uh, just a few years back that was like, I think Austin Matthews could give him a run for his money just because Connor was still like, he was just like a speed demon. And it it seemed like he just didn't, he would kind of lose control of the puck, but uh, that has completely changed the last two seasons. I'm surprised actually looking at it that he didn't break 100. uh, And I just feel so bad because it's like uh, he would have, beat 100 points every season uh, except COVID happened. And truthfully, the way he's playing right now, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets close to 100 in this, you know, 56-game season. I think he's going to do it. I really do. I think he's going to break 100. I think he's going to either hit or break 100. I personally, like, gut, gut reaction, you, you can call it right here, <laughs> McDavid hits 104 points. That's we got to go hit it. You got to go hit up DraftKings, dude. <laughs> I, I, I got it. I think I should put some money on it because I think McDavid hits 104 points in, in, in 56 games. Yeah. So um, you, you brought up Austin Matthews kind of stalling out too. And, and I just, I just brought it up. I mean, his last goal uh, was against Winnipeg. That was four or five games ago. And um, up until now, Connor McDavid had really just, I think it was like two, two games in a row. He, he had, like I said, previously stated he has four goals and they were in the last the last five games. He's definitely climbed that ladder, and um, I and I'm you sure you saw talk it. About you want to talk about one dimensional players? Austin mm-hmm. Matthews is an elite, <laughs> is an elite shooter, right? McDavid is not that kind of shooter. He mm-hmm. he just he doesn't possess that kind of shot. But we've seen it in this last week. He has a different kind of shot. We've seen the one where he doesn't even look at the goalie. He snipes at five hole. He's got the far side shot. He's got the short side shot, right? See, he's just building his arsenal. He's got tip in fronts. He's got unbelievable speed that brings him in close so Mm -hmm. he can score like breakaway goals and that sort of stuff. Like uh, he's just, 
his arsenal is ever expanding. And I think whereas McD- uh, Matthew's toolbox is a little bit smaller. Yeah, more of a sniper. And I, and I love to see that. I wouldn't say Connor McDavid has slowed down, but has definitely found new ways to score than his, you know, first season, first two seasons where he would just fly at the goal as fast as he could and just rely on his speed. Um, I think he started to realize, and after, you know, a couple seasons of getting driven into the post every other play, I think he started <laughs> to realize that you can't skate through the entire team every shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to use your teammates a little bit more. Um, you've got to build it up a little bit more. And then there's, he also, he's learned when to pick and choose when to, attack defenseman you know as he's just matured and grown in this league he un- he's he's learned how the other teams play and how other defensemen react to him so he knows when to attack them on the transition so he doesn't get hit as hard and that sort of stuff so he's just we saw it with Sidney Crosby when he was a young player and that sort of stuff it took him a couple years to just grow and adapt to the game and then once he did right like that that offense, he just became dominant because he understood the other teams and how other players played, and then you couldn't stop him because of his talent. Right. Um, and I remember, right, you know, last, I guess last thing from me, but I remember Mason was just like, you know, when Toronto looked like they were they were just running away with this, this season, especially in this division, he was like, you, you know, I hate to say it, but as a Habs fan, you're kind of cheering on Toronto when they play Edmonton and when they play, you know, basically everybody in this North division, but um, now it seems like we, we don't have that front anymore. We can't just let Toronto keep giving everyone losses. It's now we, we're, we're, we're back to battling, you know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Edmonton, Edmonton can take over that and we can just watch all cripple everybody where, where we continue to squeak in and uh, take what's rightfully ours, you know, a playoff position. Cause we definitely need that. Um, We've made a lot of really great moves, um, but, you know, there is fear that this could be uh, Ber- uh, Bergevin's, you know, this could be his make or break season and it's so I'll, playoff I'll do or die. <laughs> I'll finish with that. Do you think that if you guys miss the playoffs, Bergevin's out? I mean, I'm, I'm a bit more, I guess, optimistic. I think he's made a lot of great moves this season that's really shaped this team. Um, I would hopefully want him to stay, but I think that if he does not, despite every entire move he's made has been a benefit for us and is really, I wouldn't say everyone has been a win, but they've more than likely been a blowout win um, in his favor or in this team's favor. And I would, I would hate to see him go, but I think that if we do not make the playoffs, we could see the end of uh, Mark Bergevin being here. All righty. Well, well, that that's it for me then. <laughs> well, I, my friend, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it sucks. I remember we we forgot to talk in the beginning of the season in January where we played twice. And I was like, well, look, let's just circle this entire week. We're playing the Oilers and we were super excited to talk all week about uh, about the game. And instead, we're all kind of taking a hiatus break and watching other teams. But um, I guess uh, what's a you have another team you've been watching. You have a second secondary favorite team, maybe a U.S. Um, born I, team. I watched a, a really really good game last night versus Colorado and Arizona. Okay. Um, shout out to Aiden Hill for an incredible mm. two pad stack and overtime on Kale <laughs> McCarr. Um, so I've been watching some. I have a. I have. I lived in in Glendale and in Arizona for mm-hmm. a couple of years. So I have a bit of a soft spot for the Coyotes. Um, so I like to watch them a little bit. 
Um, and then I, you know, I just keep up with the other North division teams. Um, I really, like I said, shout out to Ottawa for beating Calgary yet again. Um, because somewhere out there is a, is a screenshot of a flames reporter topic talking about how the flames <laughs> could really use a couple of, you know, the free spaces in Ottawa. It must suck to suck. Cause the Oilers, <laughs> they're walking away with two points every time right now. Yeah. You guys are. And, you know, I remember in the beginning of the season, I was like, look, man, we're playing two teams 10 times, Vancouver, and I think that's going to be uh, – I'm sorry, Toronto. I think this going to be awesome for us. It's going to be a great battle. And I was like, and then Ottawa. We're going to win all 10 fucking games in Ottawa. And Mason just looked at me. He's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, don't jinx this. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people did. And I was very surprised. I think it's just the way the teams match up, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – uh, and the, the Ottawa just doesn't have, you want to talk about Connor McDavid, Ottawa just doesn't have anything close to a counter punch or any answer for Connor McDavid. Um, and that's been a big difference. Unfortunately, right. I don't think the, any of the other Canadian teams have anything that can just break through Ottawa the way honestly him and dry have just mm-hmm. been torturing them. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love that. We've talked the entirety. It's been, it's been some fun games, so shout out to Ottawa from stealing points from the Flames. We always appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure you do. The Battle of Alberta just gets better every time they lose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for Ottawa, for us, it's uh, I think that was truly our first chance to see. You know, uh, we had boasted um, before the season started that we had really made changes to be a more aggressive team and play whatever style that you know our opponent wanted to throw at us in Ottawa was like okay cool because we're gonna fucking you know we're gonna try to run you into the boards constantly and it was like our first wake-up call that like okay shit you know like we don't have like the the Oilers like Darnell Nurse like we have people that'll take that spot but like we need to be more aggressive and that was the first I truthfully think the first time that we really realized we needed to um, take Ottawa as serious as we should and you know it bit people like uh like Richie Suave in the ass for fucking betting on Montreal against Ottawa that day. Uh, but, uh, dude, it's been an absolute treat and pleasure for us to have you back on. Um, I'm happy you're, you're in the, the North now, so we can continue our, our talks together. Central, central friends turned just uh, for one season, North allies, <laughs> but uh, it's been a blast. I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. And um, we'll have to talk again when the Oilers and Habs actually play hockey against each other. Yeah. Yeah. This has been, I was looking forward to this. I think, I think all three of us were, and then uh, we're just kind of sitting here with our fucking well, thumbs up we'll, our asses. We'll do it again. Waiting. We'll do it again. So sneak peek for everyone else. Yeah, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm super excited because this is definitely going to cool off the Oilers. So when we play them, they won't be as uh, as dangerous. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, bud, for coming on. All right, folks. Uh, truthfully, you know, I think that was a really, really fun interview. I always loved talking to Michael last year. As he stated, we talked a hell of a lot in the Central Division. Um it was just it was just really a treat to have him on. And uh, if you guys could please, if you're an Oilers fan or not, if you're just uh, someone that really wants to to help a, a young podcast grow, please follow at rig underscore rats on Twitter. That would really help him out a lot. Um, I really want to boost his numbers up. Great guy. Very, very well versed. But um, what do you guys think about what he said? You know, um, do you think Connor McDavid could take the Art Ross, the heart, <laughs> and uh, possibly get 100 points this season? Maybe 50 goals, 
you know, uh, very, very confident in his, in his Connor McDavid. I, um, I mean, time really did tell with that kid. Um, I think he's going to go down as, you know, this new eras. And it's kind of tough to say that, you know, uh, he's the young, the young eras, Sidney Crosby and, you know, Alexander Ovechkin and, uh, truthfully the future, the future of the sport. And, uh, he's going to, I don't, you know, so many young kids idolize him now and he's hopefully going to make the the turning point for this oldest franchise and put them back in a, in a better landscape, you know, a better, a better run than, you know, the poor, you know, uh, Taylor Hall, you know, run and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I truthfully think that this, this week off is going to benefit us. Hopefully cools down the Oilers. Um, and since we've gone through this, hopefully, you know, we know how to handle it. We come out of this strong and rise to the occasion against an Ottawa, uh, a tough Ottawa team. You know, we know how they're going to play and hopefully we're ready to, you know, to throw sand back at them. But folks, we're going to wrap up the episode right here. I've been your, your host today. Uh, please follow us at Habs Nightly on Twitter. Also myself at Bayou Benders. You guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you all next time. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and benders there.